The Word of God is given unto us in childlike simplicity. 2 Corinthians 11, 2 and 3. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Jesus said that unless we become like little children, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. Matthew 18, verse 3, And and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of God. God cannot be approached through the world's scholarship. No, he is approached on one's knees and then entreated for knowledge with the ear bowed down. I can't impress God with my IQ. He gave it to me. I can't impress God with my analytic skills. He gave those to me. In both instances, these categories are far below God's original expectations. Entrance to the kingdom of God requires the repentance and renouncing of my sin and faith in Jesus Christ and his saving blood that washes my sins away. This alone is the way unto salvation. Acts chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 speaks of Christ. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The salvation message is so childlike simple. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now the marvelous mystery of all mysteries, the miracle of all miracles, a mystery kept secret since the world began, was revealed for the first time to a man named Nicodemus in John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus said one must be born again if one wants to see the kingdom of God, and this reality is so childlike simple. You must be born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God. You were born the first time as a son or daughter of Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, but when you become born again, you become a son or daughter of God. It's so elegantly simple and childlike. Have you yet to be born again? If your answer is no, or I hope so, today we need to settle the matter. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt that will change everything. Today, all of your sin and its shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. Today, all of Satan's bondages will be shattered. The bigger, the better, and I mean that. Today, you will participate in the marvelous promise of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Here is the simple childlike prompt. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Mark chapter 12, verse 30, 
And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. God said, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. God said, Psalms 24, 3 through 5, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Man said, Getting to heaven, if there is one, is easy. People of all religions, even those with no religion, will go to heaven as long as they are good. There's no one true way. Everyone knows that. Jesus, if he existed, didn't know what he was talking about when he claimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Everybody knows that. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1074, that will once again certify the magnificent and supernatural inerrancy of God's beautiful book. All of these power-packed features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as ammunition in the battle for the lost sons and daughters of Adam. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. We are honored by your visit. May God's glorious face shine upon you and all that's yours. This is part four, the final feature in the four-part Harmony series. The results of applying the principles found here will change your day, your every moment, miraculously. Isaiah 35, 8 through 10 prophesies of the day of redemption and on to eternity. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransom of the Lord shall return, and come design with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah speaks of an exclusive highway that only those with clean hands and pure hearts can travel. The highway is the secret place of the Most High, where all good things are magnified. Jesus identifies four parts of man in Mark 12:30, and this feature deals with these four separate parts and on how God harnesses them for your edification and for the building up of the kingdom of God. We will review the first three features and move on to the conclusion. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Four-Part Harmony, Part 3, The Separateness of the Soul, Purification of the Heart. Jesus identifies the four parts of man in Mark 12, verse 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. These four parts, heart, soul, mind, strength, are separate and apart from one another. God's Word teaches us how to harness and bring these four parts into inner harmony with the Word of God. This harmony 
is how we reside in the secret place of the Most High. God's Word teaches us how to identify the parts, segregate and purify each, and then amalgamate into one perfect union. Here all the inner conflicts cease, and here in the secret place all of God's good things are magnified to the max. In part one, we discovered that the heart is not, as science supposed until only recently, just a sophisticated pump. HeartMath.org reports, John and Beatrice Lacey, early researchers in the field of psychophysiology, noticed that the model proposed by Cannon, the autonomic nervous system moving in concert with related physiological responses, only partially matched actual physiological behavior. As their research evolved, they found that the heart in particular seemed to have its own logic that frequently diverged from the direction of autonomic nervous system activity. The heart was behaving as though it had a mind of its own. Furthermore, the heart appeared to be sending meaningful messages to the brain that the brain not only understood but also obeyed. Even more intriguing was that it looked as though these messages could affect a person's perceptions, behavior, and performance. The Lacy's identified a neural pathway and mechanism whereby input from the heart to the brain could inhibit or facilitate the brain's electrical activity. One of their early findings is that the heart has a complex neural network that is sufficiently extensive to be characterized as a brain on the heart. The heart-brain, as it is commonly called, or intrinsic cardiac nervous system, is an intricate network of complex ganglia, neurotransmitters, proteins, and support cells the same as those of the brain and the head. The heart's brain's neural circuitry enables it to act independently of the cranial brain to learn, remember, make decisions, and even feel and sense. In terms of heart-brain communication, it is generally well known that the efferent descending pathways and the autonomic nervous system are involved in the regulation of the heart. However, it is less appreciated that the majority of fibers in the vagus nerves are afferent, ascending in nature. Furthermore, more of these ascending neural pathways are related to the heart and cardiovascular system than to any other organ. This means the heart sends more information to the brain than the brain sends to the heart, end quote. The heart is separate and apart, just like the Bible said. There is an inner communication, a running dialogue taking place between the mind, the heart, and the soul. Note these verses. Psalms 4.4 Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still, Selah. Proverbs 4.23 Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Psalms 42, 5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Luke twelve nineteen, And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. James chapter 4, Verse 8, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. In the camp of the redeemed, the who 
that is conversing with the heart and the soul is the Holy Ghost transformed mind. The born-again mind is given the charge to interface with the heart and the soul and to bring these separate parts into harmony with the Word of God and to purify them. These amazing verses tell the story, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The renewing of the mind transforms the entire body, heart, soul, and, of course, the mind. It also harnesses the fourth factor, strength. This is accomplished by the Holy Ghost that dwells in the belly, John seven thirty eight and 39. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. As the believer immerses himself in the Word of God, the Holy Ghost, the physically onboard, supernatural, and inerrant teacher, instructs, and this instruction separates the child of God from the world's hurtful lust. Concerning instruction, John fourteen twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. In this process, the Holy Ghost is renewing the mind. There is a washing, a purifying that takes place, as the mind is being renewed by the Holy Ghost instruction in the Word of God that transforms all the internal parts, and it is called washing of water by the Word. Ephesians five twenty-five through 27. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. To accomplish a whole man transformation, the heart, soul, and strength must be brought into a four-part harmony by the renewed mind. Consider 2 Corinthians ten three through 5 For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. As the mind is renewed by the Holy Ghost, every imagination and thought bows at the feet of Christ. The mind, the heart, and the soul all think independently, and they must be brought into harmony with the Word of God. First Thessalonians 4.4 4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Your earthen vessel's four parts are the heart, soul, mind, and strength. The renewing of the mind, which is a totally spiritual procedure, actually transforms the rest of the body at the cellular level in a myriad of ways. The power of the placebo is harnessed. 
the harm of the nocebo is destroyed, and the actual physical brain even changes form. It is transformed. This changing of the brain is known in neuroscience as neuroplasticity. The following excerpt is from the God Said, Man Said feature, The Plastic Brain. The big news in the field of neuroscience is that the brain is plastic. It changes form over time, and words and experiences are central to this process. Thousands of years before neuroscience was even conceived, God declares this principle over and over again in His Word. Example, Romans 12, 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The godly renewing of the mind, making new the mind, actually transforms your entire being, mind, heart, body, soul, and spirit. This process occurs through a very dramatic, life-changing experience, what Jesus Christ calls born again, end of quote. Four-part harmony, accomplished by the application of the Word of God, takes us into the secret place of the Most High. Here, all inner conflicts are gone, and oneness with the Father and Son by the ministry of the Holy Ghost is achieved. Here, all good things are magnified and maximized. Psalms 91, verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalms 24, 3-5, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. The book of Psalms identifies one of the requirements to enter the secret place of the Most High, and it's being a pure heart. Much of the time, the Christian resides outside this holy place of power because of heart issues. The charge of discovering and correcting these issues is the Holy Ghost renewed and transformed mind. Again, Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. At this place, Jesus calls born again, a major four-part transformation begins. For one, a heart transplant takes place as prophesied in Ezekiel 11, 19, and 20. At the same time, the soul is saved, and the Holy Ghost enters in and begins renewing of the mind. Then the conversation begins. The Holy Ghost's renewed mind must inspect the heart frequently in order to keep it pure. A pure heart is required to sit in God's secret place, but you'll be surprised at how doable a pure heart really is. The following four steps will demonstrate how beautifully simple it is. 1. Get before God and bring praise and thanksgiving. Maybe even sing a godly song. Then ask Him to reveal the problems in your heart one at a time. Number 2. Imagine your heart is a walk-in pantry with its shelves stocked with various spiritual things. Walk in and turn on the light. Number three, you will have Holy Ghost eyes. Consider what is on each shelf and, shelf, excuse me, and take inventory. One shelf may hold bitterness. Bitterness is an evil spirit, a serpent, the devil. Someone has harmed you or offended you, and this bitter spirit, which has lips, hands, teeth, and feet, has found a place in your heart. Bitterness is deadly. 
always justifiable in the natural mind, but never with God. If you have found bitterness on the shells of your heart, your heart is not pure, and you are not sitting in God's secret place of great joy. Number four, it's time to start speaking. Hosea 14, verses 1 and 2. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words, and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, Take away all iniquity, and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves our lips. It is time to speak to the heart. Your Holy Ghost renewed mind will transform the situation. As you speak to your heart the word of God mixed with faith. Here is a demonstration of the process of heart purification, and it always works. Thou spirit of bitterness in my heart, by the power of Jesus Christ I charge you to come out and do not return. It is written, and I write these words upon the table of my heart. Hebrews 12, verse 15, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. It is written, and I write these words upon the table of my heart. Matthew 5, verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. It is written, and I write these words upon the table of my heart. Mark eleven twenty five and 26. And when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Our Lord Jesus Christ, after suffering the ultimate deadly evil at the hands of men, said in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. I forgive, at this place, insert the name. I forgive so-and-so. In Jesus' name, I even love my enemies. Thank you, Father, for the power and authority of your word that purifies my heart. Hallelujah! I am clean. You have destroyed that deadly serpent of bitterness, hatred, and unforgiveness from the shelves of your heart's pantry. You have cleansed the area of your heart by the washing of the water of the word. Do note that if you do not forgive, you are not forgiven, and you do not sit in the secret place of God. And the secret place is mercy, grace, and forgiveness. It is where all good things live, and here they are magnified to the max. Other evils such as covetousness, fear, slothfulness, depression, lust, and more are eradicated just as demonstrated. Four-part harmony makes us one with the Father and the Son and all by the quickening power of the Holy Ghost. Here, your inner conflicts end. Here, your absolutes will be absolutely absolute. This is the secret place of the Most High. A heart transplant occurs at the place Jesus calls born again, Yet the heart must be maintained. Again, Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The Holy Ghost's renewed mind is given this charge, but an unattended heart degenerates quickly. Genesis 6.5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, 
and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is the seat of emotions, and the seat of faith, or conversely, what Hebrews 3.12 calls an evil heart of unbelief. Yes, the heart must be attended. Note the separateness in some of the attributes of the soul, one of the four parts of man. The soul is man's life, Genesis 2.7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Genesis 46, verse 18. These are the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah his daughter, and, and these she bare unto Jacob, even sixteen souls. The soul is your living being, and it eats. Leviticus 7, 27. Whatsoever soul it be that eateth any manner of blood, even that soul shall be cut off from his people. If one doesn't eat unto the point of death, the soul actually leaves the body. A soul grieves, desires, can be bitter, talks. A soul can be joyful, thirsteth, ponders the past, can be discouraged, can be satisfied, can be slighted, has an appetite, can be sorrowful. The soul can be bound to another soul, as in a soulmate. The soul is the you, and it is the soul that must be saved. James chapter 1, verse 21 Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. The soul is the recipient of what proceeds from the heart, for out of the heart comes the issues of life. It is the responsibility of the Holy Ghost's renewed mind, a mind renewed by the word of God, to control or censor what enters the heart. A pure heart is one of the requirements to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You are blocked from the secret place if you are giving place to fear, complaining, gossip, slothfulness, envy, lust, bitterness, hatred, unforgiveness, lives, and more. Here is one more demonstration of tending the heart regarding the devil's spirit of fear, which will consume you if it is given place. Redo steps 1, 2, and 3 in the previous example of bitterness. In step 4, it is time to speak to the heart. Your Holy Ghost renewed mind will transform the situation as you speak the Word of God mixed with faith to your heart. As you participate in this demonstration of heart purification, you must know it always works. Let's talk. You damnable devils, spirit of fear in my heart, by the power of Christ my Savior, I charge you to come out of my heart now and do not return. It is written, and I write these words upon the table of my heart, Matthew 10, verse 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. It is written, and I write these words upon the table of my heart, Revelation 21, 7 and 8. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It is written, and I write these words upon the table of my heart. Psalms 46, 1 through 3. 
God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. It is written, and I write these words upon the table of my heart, Second Timothy 1, verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. By the power of Jesus Christ, my heart is totally free and purified of the devil's fear. Hallelujah! I am clean! I now reside in the secret place of the Most High, where all good things are magnified to the maximum. In the secret place, all inner conflicts cease, all subliminal doubts vanish, and all thoughts of unworthiness end. In the secret place, all God's good gifts are magnified to the maximum. There is no place like the secret place. I must be there. End of quote. The fifth player in the daily functioning of the redeemed that we discussed earlier is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit must be invited to participate, which happens that born again, even a place made for him to dwell. Keep in mind your body is called the temple of God, and the Holy Ghost dwells within the body. The interaction between the Holy Spirit and the belly is truly amazing. Again, Jesus said in John seven thirty-eight and 39, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because the Jesus was not yet glorified. Numerous other verses demonstrate the belly-spirit relationship. It is interesting indeed to note that when God made man, that man's physical body was designed to interface with his spirit. The original residence of the earthen vessel, the heart, the soul, the mind, and the strength are brought into harmony by the Holy Ghost functioning out of the belly. The Holy Ghost is not part of the original equipment but is invited to enter in. The Bible teaches a belly brain, but until recently, science considered such an idea Sunday school nonsense, uh, but not anymore. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature the Holy Ghost and your belly. The spirit in the belly, whichever one it is, will lead and teach according to its predisposition. Concerning knowledge, one can know something spiritually, that defies analytic head knowledge. Everyone experiences this spirit, uh, spirit knowledge at various levels. A simple example would be arriving at home and sensing in the spirit that your spouse was unhappy, uh, unhappy with you uh, when no external knowledge tipped you off. You just kind of knew it in your gut. Or how about when someone says something to you and you just sense spiritually that the statement doesn't ring true? There is a special intuitive knowledge that is not head-brain based. Briefly, God said the Holy Spirit dwells in the belly and that it leads and guides in all truth. December 1996, in the Ladies' Home Journal, in an article titled, How Smart Is Your Stomach?, it was reported that scientists now believe there is a brain in your gut. Dr. uh, J.D. Wood, uh, chairman of the physiology department of Ohio State University, actually calls the brain in your gut the little brain. This belly brain is really quite large, touting 100 million neurons, which line the digestive tract from the esophagus to the colon. 
The brain in the gut, which is scientifically termed the enteric nervous system, has as many neurons, which are information centers, as the spinal cord. The following paragraph in the article reveals some very interesting observations. The little brain is connected to the big brain by the vagus nerves, a bundle of nerve fibers running from the GI tract to the head. And to the fascination of researchers, virtually all the classes of neurotransmitters found in the brain are also present in the gut. The more we learn about the enteric nervous system, the more similar it seems to the brain, says Michael Gershon, M.D., chairman of anatomy and cell biology at Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons in New York City. Imagine, your belly brain, the little brain, can know something before the brain between your ears does. The concept of gut feeling is known by all. A pediatrician was given instruction to new parents in an article in Parenting Magazine, and he said, The best advice I can give you is to trust your gut. It's your best tool. What spirit dwells in your belly has a real and dramatic effect on your belly. Earlier I quoted the passage that said the words of a tailbearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. If the spirit of fear and anxiety dwells in your belly, it can cause things such as ulcers, skin disorders, nervous stomachs, heart attack, and more. This should come as no surprise. Also note that the scriptures refer to a cognizance in the bowels of a human. Keep in mind, the little brain goes from the esophagus to the colon. Lamentations chapter 2, verse 11, Mine eyes do fail with tears, my bowels are troubled. My liver is poured upon the earth for the destruction of the daughter of my people, because the children and the sucklings swoon in the streets of the city. Then in Genesis chapter 43, verse 30, And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother. And he sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there. There are many such examples of bowels having a type of knowledge. The last example is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. God said thousands of years before science discovered its relevance, that the Spirit dwells in the belly, that it leads and guides and instructs, and that the bowels have cognizance, end of quote. The Holy Ghost uses the belly brain to communicate with the rest of the body's knowing parts. Even the fourth part, strength, is supplied the necessary nutrients via the belly and its intestinal system. By the power of Holy Ghost prayer, we even sanctify the food eaten. The marvelous design of God's created man and how we interface with the spiritual world is truly amazing. Strength, the fourth part Jesus identifies, is also harnessed by the Holy Ghost's re uh, renewed mind. At this place, time is redeemed, Ephesians 5, 16, from its short, vaporous vanity unto marvelous eternal fruit and glory. Here slothfulness is purged from the heart, and energy and effort is assigned to godly business. A starting example would be something as simple as denying your pillow, awaking 30 minutes earlier to seek God's faith in song, praise, prayer, and His Word. Keep in mind that disciple and discipline share the same root word. The fifth player we invited in, the Holy Ghost, changes everything by saving the soul, 
transplanting the stony heart with the heart of flesh and placing in charge of both the Holy Ghost renewed mind. Here we are transformed unto the glory of God. When our four body parts function in four-part harmony, we are sitting in the secret place of the Most High, and here all things work together for our good, especially those things that look bad. Here all of the various nine gifts of the Spirit you have received are magnified. Here all the nine fruits of the Spirit are magnified, and here all ministries are magnified. All are magnified to the maximum. This is the secret place of the Most High. The secret place is the only place to be. Just get there. God said, Mark 12, verse 30, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. God said, Proverbs 4, 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. God said, Psalms 24, 3 through 5, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Man said, Getting to heaven, if there is one, is easy. People of all religions... Even those with no religion will go to heaven as long as they're good. There's no one true way. Everyone knows that. Jesus, if he existed, didn't know what he was talking about when he claimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Everybody knows that. Now you have the record. 